This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hello and welcome to Saber, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about gnocchi. Yes. And I'm already stressed about pronouncing it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I'm going to endeavor to not let that stress impact the fun that we're going to have. Oh, yeah. Because this, is a, this, this is a delightful episode. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Is there any particular reason? It was on your mind. Uh, I think gnocchi are always on my mind. Like, ah. like that's one of those baseline, like, why am I not eating this right now kind of foods. Uh -huh. Maybe I was looking at a menu and I saw them and I was like, have we not done that yet? Or I'm not sure. You know, you never know. <laughs> it could be any kind of thing. You know, just walking about as a human and seeing food, you're like, maybe we should talk about that. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I actually don't have a lot of experience with gnocchi. Um, every time I've had it, it's been delicious. I do think 
one of the reasons I don't have a lot of experience is because I didn't know how to pronounce it. Um, oh, no. So I was like, nope. <laughs> Not going to order that I... one. <laughs> don't want to make a fool of myself, <laughs> uh, which is silly. I should have just asked. People are kind. but um... People are kind. I People are so happy to to share, especially things about food with, with other people. Um, although there is, I do have that fear of like a server being like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. don't deserve this dish. You should probably <laughs> leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've got I don't remember a time when I didn't have gnocchi in my life. I which I which is probably, you know, a a factor of having grown up with a with a father who was a chef or a cook or, you know, however you want to say it. Um so very, very lucky in that respect. And it is one of the things that when I see it on, on a menu, I am almost sure to order it. Mm. I have made it before semi-successfully. Yeah? Yeah. Um, in general, anytime you have to roll a dough into anything, I'm like, no, nah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for me, not today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, no, I undertook that one at some point. Yeah, it's all oh, good. They're so, they're so good. They're so good. Oh, all right. Cravings, <laughs> cravings setting in. Um, you can see our past episode we did on Fifty Shapes of Pasta. Mm-hmm. I don't have we done dumplings? I don't think we've done any. Not really. I've been avoiding dim sum because it's very, it's a very large, broad topic. Um, yeah. and I've also uh, we did uh, we did pierogi, which yeah. I suppose is vaguely related. Yeah, um, adjacent. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but right, at m- most of the time, whenever I start looking into a pasta shape, I'm like, Mm-mm, no, nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but here we are. Yes. <laughs> here we yes. are. And I guess this brings us to our question. Sure. Gnocchi. What are they? Well, uh, gnocchi are a type of small, generally boiled dumpling, uh, about the size of a knuckle, usually, uh, usually served with a savory sauce. And even as sort of uh, iffy as that was, like, that is the entire definitive statement that I can give. Because once you get past that, there are just endless gnocchi variations. Um, Perhaps the most famous type are made with a, a dough of white wheat flour and cooked potato, Your starch base, however, can be a combo of anything from, uh, right, flour to semolina, which is pasta flour, to breadcrumbs to cornmeal, and can incorporate other products like nut flours or cheese, herbs, pureed vegetables, uh, like maybe pumpkin or spinach. Though we could get into semantics about whether some combinations of the above should be more properly called other things. Anyway... Mm. Um, mm-hmm. the resulting dumpling should be pillowy and sort of, sort of melting in your mouth. Uh, but on that range of pillowy, it can be anything from airy to, to pretty toothsome. Um, like, you know, some pillows are supportive, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> other uh, pillows, not so much. Other pillows are pillows. not. <laughs> they are not there for you in your time of need. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, the sauce can be uh, anything that kind of sticks to and plays up the gentle textures and flavors of the gnocchi themselves. Um, 
they're like a, they're sort of ethereal or, or or ephemeral, but also really stick to your ribs and comforting. Um, eating gnocchi is like hearing a good story. Mm. I want it now, <laughs> Lauren. No. <laughs> Hard same, Annie. Hard same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. The ingredients and methods that you use in making gnocchi are going to uh, greatly affect your your outcome, and people are after different effects. Uh, perhaps obviously, like a like a gnocco, which is the singular, um, made with a large percentage of potato, is going to be different from one made with a bunch of cornmeal or ricotta cheese. And just as people enjoy pasta cooked to different temperatures, from al dente to soft, people enjoy gnocchi in different ways. That said, what you're looking to avoid in a dish of gnocchi is gumminess. Like, chewy is okay, but you don't want them to be sticky and dense. That's not, that's not good. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so basically what you're looking at doing to make gnocchi is to create a dough that's just moist enough and just worked enough to hold together like a fairly dry and and gently handled dough. Um, And considering that you're sometimes working with like moisture-laden ingredients like potatoes or vegetables or a fresh cheese like ricotta, that means that you're going to want to either cook or drain some of the moisture out of those ingredients before adding them to your dry starches, your, your flour or whatever. So like uh, bake your potatoes or your solid vegetables, uh, drain your ricotta or cooked spinach. If you're doing a potato or a vegetable, you'll want to rice or puree that in order to get the, get the texture nice and, and even. Um, you then add that to your dry starch, uh, maybe add some egg yolk for cohesion, maybe add some seasoning, and then mix or hand knead to combine into a dough, again, gently, you're not looking to develop glutens, as in bread doughs. Just just combine. Don't, like, press and pull and stretch, yeah? You then hand roll the dough out into a snake, uh, cut crosswise into dumplings about the size of a finger knuckle. Sometimes at this point, each gnocco is uh, rolled gently against a fork or a specialty surface or, or just with your thumb to create little grooves or, or a dip in the dumpling. Then uh, you boil them until they float like the tasty little clouds that they are. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a quick science note here. The reason that gnocchi and similar dumplings float in boiling water when they're cooked is that, uh, well, okay, a, a couple of things are going on. Um, first, uh, the heat and the access to water molecules will make some of the starches in your dough gelatinize um, from the outside of the dumpling in. And that means that the starches are are loosening up and glomming onto moisture and then setting in that new form. Uh, we talked about this recently in the injera episode um, as a process that helps make the finished product uh, puffy and chewy, right? Uh, meanwhile, while the gelatinization process is going on, um, as the rest of the dumpling cooks, some of what little moisture is in there is going to evaporate, leaving an air bubble in the dough as it sets. So they puff up and expand a little, um, and their density thus decreases, and so they float. I love it. Yes. I love it. <laughs> 
Oh, heck. Um, okay, uh, once they're cooked, you might additionally pan fry the gnocchi briefly to, to brown them or not. I can't tell you what to do. Um, and then time for sauce. Yes, uh, simple versions of sauces could just be like melted butter with some Parmesan grated over top, um, a little bit of, little bit of pepper, uh, or maybe some browned butter with a uh, fried sage leaves or, or some thyme in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can do a, a, a herbal savory pesto or a bright tomato sauce or like an earthy mushroom sauce or a rich cream or cheese sauce. You can add cooked vegetables, maybe like fresh peas or uh, crumbles of sausage or garnish with melty cheese and run the whole thing under a broiler. Mm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, gnocchi is traditionally served as a first course of a dinner, but modernly maybe um, a side dish or your main starch. And I've also read that you can do a dessert gnocchi with like a with like a simple sauce of um, butter, cinnamon and sugar. But I've also read that that's considered very old fashioned. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so listeners, write in. Please. Yes. Uh, and there are regional variations on gnocchi that are made lots of different ways. Um, like, uh, and, and, and deviating from this basic recipe, like you can cook a cornmeal or semolina with milk and combine that with stuff to make a dough, slice it into rounds or squares, and then bake it in order to puff it up, uh, sometimes called a, a polenta or write a semolina gnocchi. Um, there are regional variations that come with different names, uh, like uh, that ricotta-based gnocchi may be called nidi. Um, it is a wide gnocchi world out there, y'all. Yes. Yes. And of course, these days, uh, you can get them in stores uh, sold either uh, fresh uh, in with the refrigerated pastas or frozen. In the United States, I've only ever seen them frozen in like those like bagged meals, you know, that come with the little pucks of sauce that you put in yeah. a skillet and all cook up together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But oh, pretty okay. I don't know. Um, or shelf stable uh, along with the dried pastas, which I personally do not recommend. <laughs> Ooh, just okay. the, the texture always comes out gummy. And I'm like, this is what I wanted from Yogi. <laughs> what when you ventured into making Yogi? Can you explain the process more? What were, what were you going for? Uh, I was going for a potato gnocchi um, with right just a just a sage brown butter sauce, and so uh, I I like them. Uh, I've I've had them quite light and airy, and I like them mm -hmm. a little bit denser than that, but but not like muddy, right? Uh, uh -huh. So somewhere in between. Um, and right, it's it's really about just getting just the right amount of uh, of, of of gluten and gelatinization going. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, what about the nutrition? Uh, it really depends. Uh, you know, these are perhaps obviously often heavy on uh, starches and fats. You know, eat a, eat a protein and a vegetable. I, if you want to consider this a treat, oh, what a treat it is. What a treat it is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh... And we do have some numbers for you. Numbers and or cultural notes, sure. Yes, indeed. Starting with one of my very favorite ones. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> so apparently in Verona, Italy, they have Gnocchi Friday. Uh-huh. 
Uh, and it takes place the final Friday before Lent. I've heard there is a father of gnocchi that parades <laughs> through with a giant golden fork piercing a gnocco. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the election of which has gotten pretty political. Okay, listeners, please write in. Please write in. Yeah. Uh, the pictures I saw were amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so this is... Uh, this this character, I guess, or this elected official of, of sorts um, is uh, uh, Papa del Gnocco. Uh, looks like Santa reigns with gnocchi. I don't know. Um, uh, like, yes, he is elected by the locals. There are often long lines to the polls of 30 minutes or more in order wow. to, 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 to cast your vote. And this day of the Verona... Carnival festival is sometimes called the Bacchanal del Gnocco. Oh my gosh. I Fantastic. love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, okay. World records. I could not figure out the result of the world record attempts for longest Gnocco before cutting. But I read about a couple attempts. Um, there was one in Croatia in 2011, attempted length unknown, and there was one in Italy in 2018. Um, and the goal there was to make a gnocco over 600 meters long before slicing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's like that's like a little over a third of a mile. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Now I'm wondering, okay, if there's any horror movie specifically about a food record. <laughs> I've talked about in the huh. Bay, there is a scene of an all-you-can-eat contest that goes wrong. But I wonder if there's one about, mm. like, specifically you're trying to beat a food record. and Because, I don't know, something about how that's read, like, <laughs> length unknown feels very <laughs> I don't know horror movie to me but I, I said, think you've just been watching too many horror movies Annie <laughs> that's fair that's true <laughs> still <laughs> still um, and apparently there's a day of the gnocchi in Argentina okay Um. again listeners please write in mm -hmm. uh, but there are fans, is what we can say. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, and there have long been fans, as we'll get into in the history section. Oh, yes. Uh, but first, we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. back thank you sponsor yes thank you and we're back with a fun with italian pronunciation for me oh yeah sucker <laughs> gonna be so oh, no. fun it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine for everyone who isn't italian and for people who are italian i apologize in advance <laughs> um <laughs> we're gonna do our best but uh, it's gonna be tricky um you and Thank you, Lauren. Your support <laughs> means so much. Oh, of course. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so uh, we've said it before. Say it again. Dumplings similar to gnocchi have existed for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's almost impossible to isolate the influence that these different types of dumplings have had on each other. Oh, yeah. Many of them are very different, but with key similarities based on local ingredients and cooking techniques. So basically, like, 
Oh, just the scope of talking about dumplings is <laughs> yeah. stressful to think about. <laughs> it, it is. It is. This is right. This is why we haven't done more dumpling episodes because, right, mm-hmm. like they're so cool, but also like so incredibly local and people and, and they were often um, uh, not as celebrated. They were they were often a more, uh, shall we say, rustic application of ingredients. And so therefore they weren't like waxed poetic about like like asparagus or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so just like, oh, that that's a dumpling. Yeah, cool. Moving on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame. They should have been waxed poetic about. Right. But they have. Yeah. They've long been something kind of a, a staple food that will hopefully fill you up with yeah. ingredients. Mm-hmm. And a way to stretch your starches, sure. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But that's not to say there aren't, quote unquote, more expensive variations. Oh, yeah. Some of which but... we might be talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And as many things we like to talk about, people love to fight about who gets to lay claim <laughs> on Yoki. Mm-hmm. Um, but while Northern Italy often gets the credit, often wants the credit, uh, most historians think that many versions of this have proliferated around the same time across the country uh, and that similar dishes existed around the world. So, oh, yeah. Oh, again, I've, I'm like, the stress is probably palpable <laughs> through the audio wavelengths, but but yeah, the, there were a lot of things yeah. going on at the same time that were similar. This particular version, yes, maybe specific to Northern Italy, maybe not have been. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But Northern Italy is classically what we think about when we think about this specific type of potato gnocchi Mm -hmm. in particular. Um, And this specific type of potato gnocchi uh, traces back to at least the 16th or 17th century after the Spanish had brought back potatoes from the Americas and introduced them to Italy. And potatoes is also an episode that we've put off forever. (laughs) But have danced around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, as we briefly discussed in past episodes around things like latkes and french fries, potatoes were not always seen in the best light at first in Europe. Um, So that there's a lot of uh, academic discussion around that and why maybe the gnocchi got picked up in northern Italy when it did. Uh, The potato gnocchi specifically when the rest of Europe seemed to kind of look down on it. So Mm -hmm. something to keep in mind. Um, However, its predecessors go back even further, as far back as the Renaissance at least, when a gnocchi-like dumpling of ground almonds, bread, and milk graced the tables at banquets. Famous Italian Renaissance chef Bartolomeo Scappi had a recipe for gnocchi, or what we would probably consider Nochi, uh, which basically called for a dough of water, breadcrumbs, and flour pushed through a cheese grater. I love it. I love it. You can get really creative with a cheese grater. I've learned oh, recently, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a little bit later, the recipe changed, calling for egg, flour, and water. And this was called malfatti, or badly made, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is funny given the current popular drink that's going around around House of the Dragon, uh-huh. <laughs> spagulato. <laughs> I just did an episode on that in Sminty. So. Oh, that's fabulous. Huh. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and the Verona-specifically-based gnocchi of potato gnocchi served with a sauce, which is nowadays frequently a tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is interesting given our episode on tomatoes and when they came to Europe. But 
more modernly with tomato sauce, has an association with Carnival that goes back to the 1500s. According to one source, this is likely because of a famine in the area in 1531, and because of this, rich folks decided to hand out flour to the poor, which doesn't track with much history to me, (laughs) but hey, that's what I read. (laughs) Yeah, I I read in a couple places um, uh, that were talking about the day of the gnocchi in the Verona Carnival, the the whole mm-hmm. Papa del Gnocco, that that whole thing, that right there was this famine in the area, and that maybe one noble dude or maybe a few of them got together and were like, well, so that the peasants do not revolt, let us give them uh. dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, and, you know, like it's leading up to Lent, like let's do this nice thing uh, and also avoid a revolt. Um, but right. I, I'm not I'm not sure about the absolute veracity of that. Yes. It, and another thing that came up in that whole conversation that I thought was funny and I was also kind of like, huh, um, is that one of these rich folks added a line in his will that each year his wealth should in part be used to distribute flour. Uh, potatoes were not involved at the time in this whole gnocchi thing. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I only found that in a few places, a grain of salt, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Some historians even posit that what is essentially gnocchi goes back to ancient Rome and that it is, in fact, older than pasta and that this iteration may have evolved from a Middle Eastern dish uh, this is largely based on a recipe from the Epicius from the first century CE, which called for semolina flour, honey, black pepper, and water or milk. So not quite what we would think of today as gnocchi, but close, but close. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and this also ties into discussions about where exactly pasta is from in the history of that. Uh, so oh. <laughs> yeah, whole other, whole other episode. Um, at any rate, wherever and whenever the uh, the dish gnocchi was invented, the word roots from gnocco, meaning uh, a protuberance, um, which is related to nocchio, meaning a knot in wood, which is where we get Pinocchio from. Oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Pinocchio not written until the 1880s, by the way. I didn't know that. Me either. Learning something new every day. Every every, day. every food episode, a completely random fact. <laughs> that we were not anticipating. <laughs> and yet here we are. Yet. Uh, as people grew more confident making gnocchi, all kinds of ingredients ended up in the mix, uh, varying based on region and what was available. There's also a version from France, gnocchi à la Parisienne. Uh, and the dough is a mixture of eggs, hot water, and flour, and it originated around the same time, I believe. And this one also comes up of like, when we're talking about where gnocchi comes from, we have to talk about this one. So it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, right. Okay, so uh, so gnocchi a la uh, Parisienne is made from shoe pastry, um, not like the footwear, like C-H-O-U. X, uh, which which is a hot water dough that's used to make everything from eclairs to beignets to other regional dishes like uh, like churros, right? Um, and it's really hard to pin down, but cooks and bakers were making shoe pastry by the mid 1500s, and 
you know, if they saw people making dumplings in this style with other stuff, it kind of makes sense that they would go, oh, yeah, I'll just put my piping bag over a pot of boiling water and slice some little dumplings into it and make a similar type of dumpling. That sounds delicious. Let's do it. It does sound delicious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pellegrino Artuzzi, often called the grandfather of Italian cuisine, published a recipe for potato gnocchi in the 19th century that is in line with what we would see today. Uh, His recipe also came with the story of an Italian woman whose gnocchi disappeared when she was boiling them because she didn't use enough flour. Uh Um, And his recipe called for creating these pinky-sized pieces of dough, rolling them against a cheese grater for shape. Uh, And this story of the, like, disappearing when boiling gnocchi, Uh like persist today <laughs> it's 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 real that well i mean they won't totally disappear they're not going to poof but uh but they will <laughs> just dissolve into your boiling water if you if you don't work them just enough or have just enough i mean and that's also part of why um it's an easy fix to add some egg yolk in in, in there to help bind it so yeah I feel like this episode has so many, like, just rights involved. Like, just <laughs> enough. Just uh-huh. right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is It is a delicate thing. And I, if you're trying to make them, make them at home, I highly recommend looking up a recipe. Serious Seats has a great one, as okay. per the usual. Okay. Okay. Uh, a wave of Italian immigrants to uh, Argentina introduced gnocchi in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Um. The word gnocchi apparently entered the English written record in the 1890s. Uh, Also right around the turn of the 20th century, countertop machines to roll and or cut gnocchi at home hit the market in Italy. Mm -hmm. Countertop machines. (laughs) Yeah, save a little bit of labor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. And then jumping ahead, in 2016, uh, Lipton Company patented a method of producing extruded dried gnocchi here in the United States. Um, That's the earliest patent I could find for such a thing, but I was only looking in the American record, so who knows? Who knows? Not me. Uh, In 2018, Trader Joe's introduced their now very popular cauliflower 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 (laughs) i struggled with this in our episode Uh, cauliflower (laughs) gnocchi uh which a lot of people brought up and they were like um i've never had it but yeah people seem to love it i shouldn't really eat cauliflower it's sort of it's one of those sort of bothers my stomach so yeah it's okay potatoes are fine i'm fine with just eating potatoes (laughs) i'm not bothered Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, Well, I would love to know people's thoughts on all of these different types of gnocchis. If you've got any recipes. Oh, my gosh. If your grandmama made them, you know, if you make them, uh, if you have strong preferences, as -hmm. as you all know, we love a strong preference. Um, We do. If we've been pronouncing everything wrong. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I tried uh, so hard. Oh, okay, if I've been pronouncing everything wrong, uh, leave, be, be nice to Annie. <laughs> She's a sensitive soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, like I said, I don't have much experience with it, but I'm looking to change that. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, my stomach is hungry for gnocchi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yes. 
Well, um, I think that that is all that we have to say about gnocchi for now, but we do have some listener mail for you. We do. And we'll get into that after one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener. Listener. 
like a pillowy hug. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's Aww. how I imagine Yoki. <sighs> I'll get some soon and I'll be able to d- <laughs> confirm whether or not this was a good listener mail jingle or not. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, John wrote... I haven't written to you folk since the Rice episode's original publication. I sent in a correction on the math, and I was quite excited when my missive was read on a podcast for the first, and up until now, only time. Hmm. I'm writing because, as you were discussing the possibility that someone somewhere must have tried to make these recipes, I was thinking of one example where several of them were made and eaten in a single video. So these recipes being uh, Steven Universe. Oh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, on the React channel's subchannel, People vs. Food, they have an episode titled Try Not to Eat Challenge, Steven Universe Food, where people are presented with many of the foods you discussed, but they have to resist eating the foods or they will be punished. <laughs> um, basically, they have to eat one bite of something yucky from the cartoon for each thing they try during the video. But if they refuse to be tempted by all the foods presented, they are rewarded with a fantabulous food from the series. Hmm. There's also another episode which covers assorted Cartoon Network shows mixed together, including something from Steven Universe, among the others. But wait, they have episodes covering lots of anime and cartoons from SpongeBob to Dragon Ball Z, Scooby-Doo, Studio Ghibli, The Simpsons, Pokemon, and yes, even Bob's Burgers. (laughs) There are two Harry Potter food episodes and many more, but I'll let you go down that rabbit hole on your own together. And then John followed up and told me there's some Star Wars episodes (laughs) too. Oh, perfect. Perfect. What a good follow-up. Yeah. Huh. Yes. Yes. I find this really fascinating. Like, I think something would have to look really tempting, honestly, for me to not be able to resist eating it. Yeah. And I'm not really deterred by eating, like, yucky things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it would depend on, I mean, I, basically, if something isn't going to poison me, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll try that. Totally. Why not? Yeah. We would just be like, yeah, let me get, have some of that. Let yeah, that, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> One of each, please. Oh, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're essentially paying for me to eat all this food. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. That's cool. Um, John told me they're always looking for personalities, and I guess we are oh. personalities, Lauren. We, in one way or another, we certainly heck are. <laughs> in one way or another. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Try to react channels, people versus food. Get Have your people get in touch with just us. We don't have people. We, we're, yeah. we, we are our own people. That's it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor wrote... Joanne Fabrics is a local craft chain. I'm just not sure how far their region extends. I saw a Star Wars cookbook there previously. It had recipes to celebrate Life Day. The recipes looked solid, but the puns weren't good enough to force me to share. Hmm. Mm. I've been enjoying your show since the Food Stuff days. Looking forward to more episodes and puns and news of your ongoing D&D campaign adventures and misadventures. Um, and attached is a photograph of the cover of the of, of the book. Um, and it it right is it's it's called Star Wars Inspired Book of Cocktails. And the cover image um is a coupe glass uh with a green drink of some kind in it, uh, with little lime wedges forming ears on either side and, and a little a little cocktail pick with what looks like maybe blueberries strung mm-hmm. across it to look like eyeballs at the top mm-hmm. of the head this is that is now this coupe glass um 
and then it's got a little a little wee Jedi robe wrapped around the stem <laughs> of the glass, so it's a little Yoda. It's a Yoda. <laughs> it's cute. It's real cute, you guys. Oh, that's very adorable. Difficult to drink, I'm sure, but very adorable. <laughs> oh, yeah, I fear coupe glasses. <laughs> the curse of the coupe glasses haunts me to this day. Uh, I, oh, they're so pretty, and I'm just so clumsy. Exactly. Exactly. I do. Now I feel like this is a challenge to make. I mean, I can do it. We all know. Better Star Wars puns. Oh, yeah. Drinks. Okay. Um, I'll, well, all right. That, yeah, that twi- twist your arm, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I could sense the call in, inside this email. I know what it is. It's a it's setting the bait of a trap to get me to make a bunch of Star Wars puns. I'll do it. Easy. Excellent. Excellent. Well, life success. day's coming up. Yeah, life day coming up. Success all around. Yes. Thank you to both of these listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.